0: So we're going to introduce ourselves, and then we're going to talk a bit, and then we're going to have some ministry time. Is that all right? So I'm Melanie. Um, I'll tell you a few little bits about myself. Uh, So I co-lead a church in Sutton Coalfield, which is in Birmingham. Um, You're allowed to cheer if you want. Go on. Wait. Yep. Thanks. 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 I appreciate that. Um, it's called Real Life Church um, I'm also on staff there so I look after the young um, so the under 18s of which there are loads of them um, and I'm also a mummy I've got two boys on site Levi and Asha and I am partial to hot chocolate cake ice cream and outdoors I was like I love that we've got doors open and a bit of fresh air so that's me
1: Okay, good morning everyone, my name is Stuart, uh, I'm married to Melanie, so much of the same things apply, I lead Real Life Church with her uh, in Sutton Culver, which is a fantastic place to be, fantastic place to uh, do church, um, I love Jesus, um, I love serving him, I love uh, following him, and I also love um, ice cream and American football, so that's my passions as well, thank you Caleb, um, over to you, you're going to get us going?
0: Okay, so this stream you're coming in today is called How to Human. And basically today we're looking at Jesus who is the well-being. What we're hoping today is we're going to show you a little bit about how Jesus is fully human and how we get to be fully human by basically looking at him and being like him. And then tomorrow we've got a guy from Kensugi Hope. Who's coming to look at me and my mental health? So he is called—I um, get his name on Joel Harris. I keep calling him Josh Harris. So I have to stop doing that. Joel Harris. Um, And he is looking at me and my mental health. Then we've got our friends Neil and Sonia, who are from Harpington. They're going to come and look at the Holy Spirit. That one we are going to have a lot of fun with. So, Neil and Sonia are wildly prophetic. They love the Holy Spirit. They're going to help us understand that in order to be fully human, we need to be full of the Holy Spirit. They're going to help us loads with that. And then on our last day, we've got Charlene from the King's Arms in Bedford. She's going to come and help us with, I am who the Father says I am. She particularly loves the Father heart stuff. So she's going to help us with understanding what it is God says about us so that we can then walk out into our world. I promise you on that one, you are going to have loads of moments with the Father where he just speaks to you directly and helps you understand what he says about you. So today we're looking at the person of Jesus. Stuart's going to come up and do a bit of teaching. I'm going to then share a few kind of a prophetic sense and then we're going to pray for you if that's all right and we will be all done by half 12 so that you are ready to go back on your site and eat your lunches. Does that sound all right? Good.
1: Okay I hope you've brought a bible. Uh, Whether it's on your phone or a physical one, if you want to open that, that would be fantastic. If you're near someone, you haven't got one, maybe look over their shoulder, because we're going to look at a little bit of God's Word together. I want you to go to the Gospel of Mark, the beginning of our New Testament, um, and go to chapter 1, Mark chapter 1. And what I just want to do is I want to spend a little time just going through what God's Word says and what can it teach us about Jesus and this whole idea of how to human. Because Jesus represents for us what it means to be truly and fully human. He was God the Son, so he was both fully God, but he was also both fully man. And so he he was completely human as well. And so if you found uh, Mark chapter 1, we're going to start at verse 14. And I'm just going to read some bits to you, and we're going to pick some bits out and have a look at some stuff together. So it begins with Jesus comes and he's on a mission. It says in verse 14, it says, Now, after John was arrested, that's a reference to John the Baptist. So, you want to find out a bit more about him, read the rest of Mark's Gospel. It says, Jesus came to Galilee. He proclaimed the Gospel of God and saying, The time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the Gospel. So, Jesus is now beginning his public ministry. He was born in the stable, Christmas, etc. On our site, our theme for this week is Christmas. So there are Christmas trees and decorations around, but that's what we remember when Jesus came to earth as a man. He was born in the stable in Bethlehem, but he's now grown and he's beginning his public ministry and he's going to proclaim the good news or gospel of the kingdom of God. And now, The kingdom of God is God's rule and reign breaking in on earth. Okay, And the good news, the gospel is Jesus, because if we go back to the beginning of Mark's gospel, if you look just a few verses back, Mark um, uh, 1 verse 1, it describes, Mark says as he writes his story about Jesus, he says, this is the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So it's all about Jesus. The gospel of the kingdom of God is all about Jesus. So if we're going to think about what it means to be human, we have to start with the ultimate human, which is Jesus and so if you don't take away anything from this, write down the word Jesus in your notes and put a bubble around it and kind of lines coming out of it to make it look like this is it. This is what it's about. We're all about Jesus. We're all about him. And so if we want to know what it means to be human, we need to look at him first and foremost and learn from him. So let's just keep going. So Jesus comes. he's on a mission and the mission is to proclaim himself as the one who is to come to save his people, to everyone there. And it says then in verse 16, these might sound familiar because we heard them last night, but it says, passing along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, and the, uh, sorry, Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, and they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me, I'll make you become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets, followed him, and going on a little further, he saw James and John sons of Zebedee, and they were in their boats, many in the nets, and immediately called to them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and followed him. So Jesus comes, he is the ultimate human, and the first thing he does is he calls others to follow him. He calls others to follow him. So what it means for us to be human is one to look at him, but also to follow him. And Simon nailed that for us last night and kind of really ground that in. If you haven't, if you missed that, I'm sure you can catch up somewhere online. But we are to be men and women who follow him. And you notice what the disciples did. When Jesus called them to follow him, their response was immediate and it was total. So it said they left, they just left. They were there working, doing what they were doing. And Jesus said, Follow me. And they stopped and they did it. And it said they left everything behind. So there was a total commitment on the part of the disciples because they left, uh, for them that would have been their business, their livelihood, how they made money, how they fed themselves and family if they had any but they totally committed to Jesus and they saw him for who he was, God the Son come to earth and they, have called to, they were called to follow him and they did that and so they followed Jesus but they also joined his community, there wasn't just one of them on an individual Mission with Jesus, there was a community of them. Immediately, there was Simon and Andrew and James and John. So ultimately, Jesus gathered groups together. And we know they ultimately become the church and there were the 12 disciples and on and on it goes. But Jesus calls us to follow him in a community together. So we express how it means to be human by following Jesus but also being part of his community as we follow him together, one serving another. And so we we crack on. So let's go. We've got Jesus and his disciples. Now we look at Jesus um, who goes to church. Verse 21, it says, They went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and was teaching. And they were astonished at his teaching, and he taught them as one who had authority and not as the scribes. And immediately there was in the synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What do you have to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him saying, be silent, come out of him. And the unclean spirit convulsing him and crying out with a loud voice came out of him. And they were all amazed. So they were questioning among themselves, what is this? A new teaching with authority commands even the unclean spirits and they obey him. And at once his fame spread everywhere throughout the surrounding region. So first thing there, we talked about the community. Jesus gathered the community. Jesus goes to church. It says in Luke 4.16 that Jesus went to the synagogue as was his custom, is the language it uses. So Jesus was a churchgoer, so he was with his community of God's people, he was there with them regularly, joining weekly with them, and it says there he was teaching. We know what he's been teaching, he's been teaching the coming of the kingdom of God, which is God's rule and reign breaking in um, on earth, and so he was there doing that. But what his teaching does, it brings him face to face with the opposite kingdom, The kingdom of his enemy, the devil and the demonic. And so as Jesus proclaims the kingdom of God, the kingdom of darkness is there wanting to push back against it. And so we have this man in the middle of the church meeting yelling out and screaming. I don't know if your church meetings are like that when you go. Does that happen? It did happen for Jesus because he was there um, demonstrating the kingdom of God. But what we find out is that nothing can stand against his authority and his power. The kingdom of darkness can go nowhere and so Jesus has ultimate authority over that and he commands the unclean spirit out of this individual and he is ruling and reigning victorious, bringing God's kingdom in. In. And so if we look to Jesus and think, what does it mean to be human? Well, we're going to follow him. We're going to know life's all about him. We're going to become part of his community. We're going to be a part of God's church and regularly attending whatever that looks like in whatever locality we find ourselves, wherever it is. And we're also going to find out we're going to come into conflict with another kingdom. And we've got to recognize that as the kingdom of God breaks in in this world and we've been brought into part of that as Jesus' followers, we will face opposition coming against us. But we are not to fear. We are not to be afraid. Why? Because Jesus is victorious. And we know as we move to, to the end of the story, Jesus died on the cross, he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, he sent the Holy Spirit on the church. He said, all the power and authority has been given to me. I've got it because I've conquered sin and I've conquered death. I rule and reign in power. And he says to the church, now go continue my mission. And so we live in this time of conflict. So what it means to be human is to recognize that we're in a battle. That is not all going to be rainbows and unicorns and kitten paws while we walk the earth. It's actually going to be hard and difficult, but we know ultimately Jesus is going to be victorious over it. And we know he rules and reigns in power. And what it means to follow him is to walk over that. So we follow him, we look to him, we become part of his community, we go part of the church, we join him with that, but we also recognize we're in a kingdom battle and we are seeing it advance day by day. And we know ultimately who will win. But we recognize that there will be opposition along the way. And we are not to be surprised at that. We are to keep pushing in and pressing in to that. Next day, let's carry on. Verse 29, what does it say? It says, he left the synagogue. And so he's been to church in the morning. And he's had a bit of a, a drag out fight with a guy who's demonic. And he's, he's seen power. So he thinks it's lunchtime. I'll go back. And have some lunch and chill out, just like we're going to do after this seminar. And it says, immediately he left the synagogue and he entered the house of Simon and Andrew. Here are his two new friends. He's called to follow him with James and John. So the community's there. Now Simon's mother-in-law was ill with a fever. And immediately they told him about her. And so what did he do? He came and took by the hand and he lifted her up and the fever left her and she began to serve them. That evening at sunset they brought to him all who were sick or oppressed by demons and the whole city was gathered together at the door and he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons and he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. So having left church Jesus goes home for lunch to his mate's house so let's go and have some lunch, chill out and there he finds a sick lady who's the mother-in-law so Peter was obviously married, it was his mother-in-law who was in the house he was sick so he heals her. So the role of Jesus as, as being the ultimate human and bringing forth the kingdom of God is to pray for the sick and see them healed. And so Jesus goes into the house and there's a sick lady there and rather than just ignore her and think, well, I'll have lunch, he says, right, I'll deal with this first. And so he prays for her and she is so dramatically healed that she can get up and it's basically says so she makes the dinner. She makes the dinner and feeds them all. And then the word gets round to that evening he is continually praying for the sick, casting out demons, and carrying, to, carrying on teaching and proclaiming the kingdom of God by word and action. And so what we've just seen there is a day in the life of Jesus. Begins with church in the morning, lunch with a bit of healing, and in the evening there's more healings, more casting out demons, more proclamation of the kingdom. And so this reminds us that when we see Jesus, of what does it mean to be human, how to human, he is someone who is on his The mission of his father to bring the kingdom about and that covers all life. He doesn't compartmentalize and say well I do that on Sunday morning between 10.30 and whenever you finish 12.15. That's my Jesus bit. He's actually on mission the whole time. He doesn't stop. He sees the opportunity. He sees the need and he's there proclaiming the kingdom, demonstrating it, uh, uh, dealing with the kingdom of darkness. But also praying for the sick and seeing them healed. And then last thing, we'll just look at the next few verses. It says there, verse 35. I don't know how you would feel after that kind of day. After that sort of day of ministry, what have you been doing all day? Well, I've been praying for people. I've been casting out demons. I did church in the morning. It's just been full on. What does Jesus do? It says, and rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place. And there he prayed. Prayed. There he prayed. And so, in response to what has happened, Jesus' response is prayer. I imagine he was pretty tired after a very busy day, but it says in my translation, what it says in yours, it says in mine, it says, and rising very early. Who rose very early this morning? <laughs> Did you do it willingly? Or was it because someone was yelling? outside your tent and the sun was streaming in you suddenly realise your tents aren't as dark as they should be because it's all light outside. We had people outside our site at the, the, the three in the morning, three in the morning queuing for showers. Are you mental? You had one yesterday before you came and they're queuing in this, and it woke everyone up and I must say everyone was full of the Holy Spirit and so there was love and joy and peace on our sight by the ton. No, there wasn't. They were very angry. But they rose very early in the morning because of that. But Jesus made a choice to do it. He rose very early in the morning, and he went out to pray. He went out to pray. And so we see from this as Jesus, even Jesus, the one who is both fully God, the one who is ruling and reigning in heaven, the one who is God come to earth, the one who is all about the gospel, he gets up in the morning and he goes and prays to his Father in heaven. And we just see a little snapshot. You read the rest of the gospel, you see a little bit more of this. But Jesus want, met, knew what it meant to do what he was called to do, to live the way he needed to live. He needed to have a relationship with his Father in heaven. He needed to be men, a man of prayer, a man who calls out to him, who knows he can't do it alone. He knows he needs heaven's resources. And we can look at that, I think it's in the fourth one with Charlene, we are going to look particularly at the Father heart and what it means to have a relationship with our Father in heaven. But Jesus is demonstrating it here even now, that he knows that the busyness of life, to cope with that and the ministry and all it means to follow him, he needs to be a man who is plugged in to his Father in heaven. And so if we just have a quick kind of recap, just for that short section there in Mark's Gospel, looking at the life of Jesus, what does it mean to human? What does it mean to be human well it means to make everything all about Jesus he needs to be the focus he's the good news here's the one we're to follow it means being part of his community along with other men and women who have chosen to follow we call that community the church and wherever you find yourself whatever locality you're in being part of the local church there and so in there. it means confronting the kingdom of darkness when we find it it means praying for the sick it means proclaiming the good news it, being, it means being plugged into our Father in heaven and so we are in relationship with him. And so that's what it means. So I'm just going to finish down, I'm going to hand back over to Mel and we're going to earth out a little bit more and then we're going to pray.
0: Okay, so I'm going to make some obvious observations about Jesus. And I don't know what you're like when you read your Bible, but when I read my Bible, I like to go on a bit of a hunt for things. So I will take a gospel A Matthew, a Mark, a Luke or a John, open them up and hunt for something. So one of the things you could have a go at doing to help understand what it means to be fully human is to pick one of the Gospels and over the course of the next term, just read it. And write down anything you notice about what it 's like for Jesus to be a man, what it 's like for him to be on the earth. I think you will enjoy that immensely i 've done that through all four gospels, just read through them and thought, what does it mean that Jesus is a man or a human? Therefore, what does it mean for me it 's one of the best ways like I love preaching and teaching, I think is absolutely brilliant but you can also investigate and find these things out for yourself. So this is what I've done. I've had a good look through the Gospels and I've had a look at all the things that I think it means to be human that I can learn from and I can draw on. So I think the first thing is Jesus is both fully man and fully God. And the Gospels say that, the Bible communicates that clearly. That means when it comes to being a human being, our best example is Jesus. I know that's obvious, but our best example of what it means to be human is Jesus He's the one who should influence us. He's the one we should look at. So when we're wondering, well, what does it mean for me to be a human being on the earth? I'm not looking at one of my youth leaders or one of my church leaders or the latest influencer on social media. I am looking at the person of Jesus as the person who knows what it's like to be fully human. The next thing I want to say is Jesus got tired... And needed sleep, and I, know I sound like such a mummy when I say this, but we need sleep. One of the reasons we need sleep is so that we can function during the day i 'm telling you by the end of this week i 'm going to need so much sleep last night i, I don 't even want to guess how many hours sleep I had, but it was not pretty, and by the end of the week, I think Melanie Crane's wheels will be coming off. I think, yeah, I think because I'm extroverted in my personality type, what it means for me is it will just start to look a little bit manic, and I I will get slightly louder and slightly crazier, and that's what I look like when I'm overtired. But Jesus slept Therefore, we need to sleep. So when we're learning to be fully human, we need to look at the tech in our bedrooms and look at the things that help us go to sleep and work out how many hours do I need in order to function fully human the next day. I know that if I get a good seven hours, which is how I roll, I'm a seven-hour girl, I know that I'm a better human being the following day than if I have four And I know that about myself. You need to work that out. How much sleep do you need to be like Jesus and be able to be fully human? Jesus ate food. And I know it's obvious. He slept and he ate. I know it's really obvious, but he ate with people. He sat around a table. He engaged with it. We are fast becoming a generation that do not know how to sit around a table and eat how to look at one another, engage in conversation. These things are what make us human. And they're the things that Jesus did so well. He was so good at gathering people round a table and eating with them. I think it's a bit of a lost art that we need to practice and we need to work out how to do in order to be human. So we need to work out putting the tech away and just engaging with people, looking at people. Eating with people, slowing down our eating so that we're actually enjoying it and it's good for our bodies. It's part of what it means to be human but it enables us to be able to do all the kingdom stuff because we've slept well and we've ate well. This week I'm eating incredibly well because people in our church have baked for us and there are some absolutely... Last night, I'm sorry to say this, last night I had an Oreo brownie that was literally had Oreos like crushed up in the brownie on the top so gooey so good we need to eat in order to be human Jesus prayed and he read the scriptures if he needed to do it being the son of God how much more do we need it we need to open our bibles and pray Not because it's a rule, not because if you don't do it, something terrible is going to happen to you, but because if you want to know what it is to be fully human, you need to draw on God. You need to listen to his voice. You need to speak to him. Those are the ways we get to be fully human. Jesus submitted himself to the Father's will, so he always placed himself lower than the Father, he always came in lower than the Father. He always said, whatever it is, your will be done, not my will be done. That's part of what it means to be human. And in this generation, we need to work out how do we submit our will to him in order to be fully human on the earth? So how do we do what he said? And we need to draw on Jesus for that. We're never going to be able to do that all by ourselves. He was full of the Holy Spirit. I've been really struck lately how much time I spend going around doing stuff in my own strength. How much time I spend trying to read the Bible, do the works, go to church in my own strength. How I try and witness in my own strength. And God keeps tapping me on the shoulder and going, hang on a minute. I've got the Holy Spirit for you so that you can do all that stuff in my strength and in my power. And I'm making myself daily just pause and Be filled with the Holy Spirit so that I can be fully human on the earth. When Neil and Sonia speak... I don't even know what day it is today. Someone help me. What day is it today? Tuesday. Lovely. When Neil and Sonia speak on Thursday, they're going to be helping us understand the role of the Spirit, but also engage with Him. So we're going to have great fun praying for one another to be full of the Holy Spirit. If we want to be fully human, we need to be full of the Holy Spirit. Most of us struggle to be human because we're walking around doing it in our own strength. And we're wondering why we fail, why it feels too hard and too much. We need to live with purpose. It's okay that you sit there as a young man and a young woman thinking, what's the point of life? Where is the meaning? What am I supposed to be doing? It's okay that you wrestle with that. That is part of what it means to be human, that you would wrestle with purpose and whether I matter or not or whether what I do matters and who will I be as I grow older and what will I do? And those things are what make us fully human. It's okay that we wrestle with that. Jesus walked around with purpose on a mission. We need that too. I would suggest that you get caught up in God's mission. It's the best mission, the best way to live. It's what you were designed for. So when you get on track with him, when you walk with him, when you follow him, you are being more human than you could ever possibly be when you're following his will and his mission. Jesus spent time with people and he spent time alone. We need both of those to be well and depending on what kind of person you are and how you're wired up and where you get your energy from will depend on how much you need of each. So in my house I am, I get my energy from people. I love being around people and so I need slightly less time on my own. My husband is really introverted and so he needs a bit more time on his own, a little less. with. It's not that I like people more than him, it's that actually I get my energy or I get my I I get my energy from people. I love being around people. So it's not that I like people more than him. It's that in order for me to be fully human, I need to be around people a a little bit more. He needs time on his own a little bit more. But I still need time on my own. And I've had to learn that. I've had to learn to take myself away and get rest and recovery. What you've got to work out is how am I wired up and what do I need to be human? And you'll see in the life of Jesus that he did both spent time with people and withdrew to quiet places, spent time on his own with the Father and knew how to refresh and restore himself. We've got to work out how to do that, especially when you are bombarded with tech. So we don't even go to sleep now without a phone bleeping something, telling us something with music kicking off. We need to work out how to human and how to get that kind of space to have it quiet And have people involved in it. Jesus loved people. I know that's obvious, but that, like, he was all about people when he touched down on earth. What it means to be human is to love others. And even though that's costly and can be hard work, that's what it means to be human to love one another, to spend time with one another, to train one another, disciple one another, look after one another. That's what it means to be human. Jesus was emotional, so he cried. Young men in the room, I want to say to you, to be fully human, it's okay for you to cry. It's okay for you to express emotion, young women, the same. It is okay. You are not being overly emotional and you need to drag that one back down and box that one up. It's okay for you to cry. It's okay for you to feel sad about stuff. It's okay for you to feel anxious. It's okay for you to feel worried and concerned. These were all things that Jesus felt. They are fully human emotions. It's okay for you to get mad about stuff. It's okay for things to irritate you and annoy you. These are all ways that we are human. It's what we do with those things. So it is not ungodly for you to be anxious or afraid or worried or scared. It is not ungodly for you to walk in a room and suddenly feel this kind of sense of, I don't know anyone, I don't know what to do with myself. Those are human emotions that we need to work out what to do with them We need to walk into a room and go, "Jesus, I need some help here. I know you know how to be fully human. Would you give me a hand while I'm in this space?" And I think oftentimes we feel that that we're not allowed to feel like that. That isn't very Christian-like. to be afraid, to be disappointed, to be angry. and we forget that actually Jesus felt all those things. so he felt fear when it came to having to go to the cross, there was something in him that knew what was ahead of him was brutal. And what he drew on was the Father. And I think that's what we need to start doing with our well-being, is when we feel those emotions, face them and go, I genuinely feel that. I genuinely feel afraid, hurt, angry, sad, disappointed. I need to get Jesus in here because I know he knows what that feels like. And then I get to walk in it and process it and be fully human. And then, lastly, Jesus was physical. So, Jesus walked loads. I like to imagine if he had a Fitbit on or, you know, a, a step tracker, how many miles he would have racked up. Jesus was outdoors loads, he was physical, he was in fresh air, he walked an enormous amount was a carpenter by trade, also seemed to spend time in boats, out in the fresh air. We need that to be fully human. If we spend all day trapped indoors with artificial light and artificial input and artificial relationship, we will not be functioning at a fully human level. We need people We need food, we need sleep, we need to express emotions, we need to get ourselves outside. And already I know some of you will be thinking, man, that's a lot of things I've got to do. We do all of this looking at the person of Jesus and drawing on him to help us. So I'm going to ask you just to quickly jot down whatever notes you think, oh, I want to look at that. When I get back on site, when I get back home, I want to look at how I'm doing in reading my Bible and learning what it's like to be like Jesus. Or I want to look at my sleep i 'm pretty sure i 'm not getting enough sleep so that I can work out how to live or I want to look at how I pray and how I engage with the Holy Spirit. I want you to just take a moment and jot a few things down and then we would love to pray with you We would love to ask Jesus to help us in what it means to be human. Does that sound all right i'm going to give you a minute just to jot down anything that you think you would like to and then i'm going to ask us to Stand so just jot down. I always like at the end of hearing input just to get my thoughts straight, just to write down a couple of bits and pieces. I feel like already in the room, God's got some things He'd like to say, and so we're going to encourage you to jot a few bits down and then we're going to encourage you to stand. All right, so you can jot a few bits down and then we're going to encourage you to stand. Stuart, do you want to come and join me? Okay, let's stand. Once you've jotted down, I'm going to encourage you to close your eyes. I do that because I, I don't know what you're like, but I get really distracted by people. So it's not really a mega holy thing. It is a practical, physical thing that I do so that I'm not distracted by anyone else. So I'll close, there's... In one respect, there's nothing really that spiritual about closing our eyes. It just helps us get in the zone. And I'm going to ask you to hold out your hands. And I, we're just going to pray. I'm going to ask Stuart to just pray for us. And then we're going to share a few bits and pieces to help you meet with Jesus this morning. All right?
1: Okay. I don't know why you came to this seminar today. Um, what kind of prompted you to do that but I know that it's good that you're here and I know that because you're here Jesus wants to meet with you he wants to come and see you he wants to come and meet with you face to face he wants to know you and so I think what I'm going to do is I'm just going to pray that the eyes of your heart would be opened to see him and I just love you to respond in faith to him by either speaking out to him and saying Jesus I want to know you I want to follow you. I want to become more like you. I want to be part of that community and drawn into that, whatever that looks like for your time and place where you find yourselves right now. And so I'm just going to ask for the Holy Spirit to come and fill you now. And I'd love you just to respond in faith to him. Even if it's just as little as, just come and reveal yourself to me. Just come and prove yourself to me. Some of you may know him and you just say, Jesus, I love you. I want to become more light. You can do that too. So Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you for example that we find in that. We thank you that you have come to show us what it means to live the fullest human life that we can. We thank you for your death on the cross and your resurrection that makes that possible to come into relationship with you, to become part of your kingdom, part of your church. We pray, we ask now, God, that you would come and you would fill us with your spirit, that you would take what we've learned today, we take what we heard last night, what we've written on our little notebooks this morning, this is what I want to learn, this is what I want to grow, and you would cause us to see you, to know you afresh, to become more like you. Would you take the things that have been spoken here, God, and would you bury those in our hearts, that as we walk from this place unto the rest of the week and beyond, that we would become men and women who look more and more like you. Who look more and more like you. Who become more and more like you.
0: I wondered just in the room whether there were people who just felt like, I just want to give myself again to Jesus. So I just want to tell him that I love him. And that I choose to follow him. And it's not necessarily that you're making a first time commitment to follow Jesus, but that you're just saying, again, Jesus, I'd just like to tell you that I'm yours and you're mine. And I felt like when I was coming, when I walked in here today, I thought there'd be some hearts that just want to say to Jesus again, I- I'm, I'm choosing you, I'm following you. I want to look at you. So I wondered if that made sense to anyone, if you just want to raise your hands. um, Yeah, just raise your hands where you are. Yeah, lovely. And we're going to just maybe have some of our red caps just wander around and just lay some hands on. It's fine, just stay, just keep your hands raised, that'll be lovely. There'll be some more, don't worry, so there'll be some more.
2: Hi there, just keep uh, receiving from God. One of the things I really felt um, just now, that part of being human is frailty and suffering. And Jesus promised suffering, that's the reality. But he also promised he'd be with you in those moments. And I know from my personal experience, what it's like to have a lifetime of having a disability. And there's times where you just think, this really sucks. You know, where are you, God, in all of this? And it's times I've just waved my fist at him. And you know what? He's able to cope with that. And he meets us in that. And I I just feel God would want to draw alongside anyone here who's saying, do you know what? Life sucks at the moment. It's tough. And I, and I really believe that Jesus is going to meet you in that moment. So if that's you, then also, why don't you just put your hand up? If you're going through just a a sucky time where you just need the Holy Spirit to come and be with you, then just put your hand up and we'll come and stand with you. Actually, what would be good is why don't you come, come forward. There's some space over here. Just come and stand over here to my right, your left, and um, we're going to pray for you. And there's, there's no shame. You know, God will meet you where you are. He will sustain you. He's wonderful.
0: Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Just keep holding out your hands. Jesus is here. He wants to minister. It's fascinating. Right at the start of the week, we kicked off last night with basically it's all about Jesus and I felt that today. God just wants to remind us it's all about Jesus. There'll be some of you in the room who just felt when we talked about purpose or mission, just thought, I want for that. I want to be on mission with Jesus. I just want to go where he's going. I want to cling on to him. There's a bit of an excitement in the room. For those things, so I wonder, does that make sense to anyone? Would you wave that me from where you are? I'm going to ask you if if there's an excitement in your heart for the mission of Jesus, and you just think I could do with a bit of commissioning to just grab hold of him and go where he's going. I'm going to ask you just to come down here where I'm pointing there, please. I think we're just going to lay some hands on some of you. Yeah, there's a few more of you. Just you're, there's an excitement in your heart about living with purpose I don't know your name there Um, you've got a white t-shirt on yeah so I, I, I felt like when I was speaking I felt like there was such a connection with the kingdom with you and I felt like what was your name sorry Thomas, Thomas. I felt like Thomas, there was something on you to be one who immediately says yes to Jesus and goes where he's going, and that you would be what I would call an early adopter, where he would say, We're over here now, Thomas, and you'd go, Oh yes, Lord, and you just cling on and, and have a go. And I don't know if that's your experience to date. I don't even think it matters. I think there is something on you where God is saying, I would like you to be quick in your yes and I'd like you to trust where I'm going and I'd like you to come with me and I felt like there'd be something on you where you would see things break out around you because you're quick to say yes because you go yes please Lord because there's a bit of a hunger for you so I, I'm, I'm gonna make sure some people if, if there's anyone around you that could just lay hands on you and pray for you that'd be excellent thank you Jesus There's a bunch of guys over here. Maybe will you pray with them? Oh, these guys are excited about the kingdom, want to go where Jesus' mission is. Okay.
1: Well, what I felt, um, just one of the things that came up as I was just thinking through my notes, was that one of the ways that we see Jesus bringing the kingdom is praying for the sick and sealing them healed. And I've been doing that for many years. Right. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And I don't understand it. And I don't want to wade into those waters right now. But I recognize that we are called as God's people to see that happen. And so I'd love to pray for us here. If you, if you feel that sense of stainless, I'd love to pray for the sick and see them healed. Um, Just like Jesus did with Peter's mother-in-law. I'd love to just pray for you now. And if that's you, maybe you just want to hold your hands out. And I want to pray for you that that God spirit would come on you because it's no respecter of age or person or anything like that. But I'd love to pray that you would do that. And maybe you'll even have the opportunity this week. Adrian um, is going to do it on, I can't remember when he said, Thursday. Thank you. We're going to do some of that. So we're going to see it and we're going to hear it, which builds faith. But I also realize it shouldn't just be reserved for the dude, the bald guy on the stage. It shouldn't be just the one person. It should be the rest of us as well, no? So can I pray for you? If you want to do that, do you want to put your hands up? If that's you and you're thinking, I'd just love to pray for us to be men and women who pray for the sick and see them recovered and see, uh, see the kingdom come. So Lord Jesus, we thank you for your example. We thank you that you came and demonstrated the kingdom with power and authority. It was wonderful to read about. Lord, we hear about men and women down the ages who've moved in healing power in many times and many places. God, we long for that in our day, in our churches, in our places. Lord, we pray you would fill us now as men and women who would pray for the sick and see them recover. You may know people who are on your site or in your sort of church group who you know are sick and you might want to see if there's an opportunity later to pray for them, ask them obviously don't just jump on them, pray for ask to speak to them but maybe that would be a wonderful thing to do that, to pray uh, for the kingdom. The last thing I'd love us just to lead um, in prayer for is um, our churches and our communities and the fact that the Lord Jesus was called us together to be part of his community and part of his kingdom and this is expressed through the local church that Simon talked about last night and we are all called to be part of that as his kingdom and I don't know what your church situation is, you may come from these big dumping churches or you might be from a small one in a more rural rural, rural locality, that's kind of where I grew up, that's my background so I've got a special heart for those kind of churches but I know that that's where we're to be, we'll be part of God's kingdom. So maybe we all to want to close our eyes and I just pray for you as we kind of, finish out this time together that we'd be men and women who find our part in God's church God's family because that's we're all called to be whatever our shape is whatever our makeup is Paul says we're all part of the body whether you're an ear or a leg or an arm it doesn't matter you're all part there to play your part so we want to close your eyes open your hands Lord Jesus we thank you for your kingdom we thank you for the community of the church that you created we thank you that you called men and women to yourself to be part of this great community. We thank you for the fact that it's expressed so massively here at New Day with so many thousands of us, but also we represent smaller communities where we're from, in towns and villages and cities from across this nation. Lord Jesus, we thank you that we get to be part of that, where we get to show your light week after week as we gather together in big, maybe Sunday meetings, smaller small group meetings, or Friday night meetings with others of the same age as us, Lord God, we pray you would fill us with your spirit, that we would give ourselves to those communities, that we would love and serve and share and care with one another, Lord God. We pray that where we do not know our place, or we do not feel that we fit, that you would help us come and join those communities. We ask you give us grace to pull in those on the outside, the outsiders, those who may be on the edge, to invite them in to our communities and even those who stand right on the outside who don't know you we pray that you would give us grace to show them love and mercy and to communicate your truth to them and God's people said amen amen I think unless you're kind of being prayed for or praying for others Melanie is there anything you want to add to finish um, but I think that's kind of our time here together
0: Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Uh, what I'd like to do, because I always think this is important, if you are here and you there was something you wanted someone to pray for or you and you feel like, I haven't got that yet. I hate leaving a seminar feeling disappointed. I hate that sense of, I thought I was going to get this and I didn't. So if that is you, because I identify with that, you can come and stand here and I will pray with you, all right? So I don't want anyone leaving thinking, "Ah, I thought I was going to get a bit of help with this and I haven't, or I would like a little bit more of the Holy Spirit. Hand with that. I'd like you to come and stand here and I will make sure I pray with you. We are back in here tomorrow. And the guy from Kensugi Hope, so Josh... Joel. Oh my gosh, I've got to get his name right before tomorrow. What is his name? Joel. 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 When Joel arrives tomorrow, I'm going to apologise profusely and probably call him Andrew. So when Joel comes tomorrow, he's going to bring a load of tips on how to look after your mental health and That That is going to be super helpful. Holy Spirit on Thursday, Father Heart stuff on Friday. I guarantee by the end of this seminar stream your hearts will be ablaze and you'll also have some really good tools to take away with you and be useful. So come here if you're feeling like I didn't quite get what I wanted this morning and I don't want to leave till I have. The rest of you, you are free to go. Don't forget in order to be fully human, look at Jesus. Don't look at anyone else. Don't compare yourself to anyone else. Don't be influenced by anyone else. Look at Jesus. He's the ultimate human. Amen? You've been amazing. Thank you.